This episode of The Horror Basement is brought to you by Conuga, Chattanooga, Tennessee's largest multi-fandom convention. Going on between February 24th through the 26th at the Chattanooga Convention Center and Historical Chattanooga Choo Choo Hotel. For more information, go check them out at Conuga.com. Johnny Leroy, as always, we got our other horror expert here, the myth, the legend, the horror man, Jim Jam. Jim Jam here. All right, guys. Uh, I think we say this every week, but you can find us everywhere, everywhere. Stitcher Radio, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud. Yep. Are we on YouTube's? Yes, we are. We're on YouTube's, guy. If you didn't know that. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Horamino. If you don't know, now you know. know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we're in a lot of places. Check us out there. Follow us there. Like us there. Hit us up there. Comment there. Comment there. Comment. Do it all. Patreon. We got a couple patrons. Give us some money. We love them guys. We love them peeps. Hell yeah. And you hit up Patreon, you get this shit early. Yep. But we uh, got Michael Coulomb, director. He's out of uh, Los Angeles. He's done a couple of horror short films. West Coast Kelly. West Coast. <laughs> uh, done a couple of short films, horror for short films, and a couple other types of short films. But we talked about horror films here, and you know how it goes. So, but check them out, and as always, hey, we bring you somebody new. Somebody new. Oh, show. To the game. Not new to the game. He's been doing, he been around a while. But somebody new for you, possibly. So, go check it out, and that's all we got. So, away we go. <laughs> all right, guys. On today's podcast, we have short film director Michael Coulomb. He has directed and wrote, I guess, uh, quite a few short films. And But the ones that we watched was The Wrong Profile and Axe. Michael, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time out and talking to us. How are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic. Well, actually, here in L.A., it's kind of still afternoon, so I'm doing real yeah. good. The sun's out. It's a nice warm day. It's warm here. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be... Uh... It's like 60 degrees here in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm, nice. in, I'm in shorts, and it's normally supposed to be snowing right now. Yeah, around 50 at least. I mean, geez. Weather's been oh, really? crazy. Well, I, I'm not going to lie. We've had an exorbitant amount of rain. We never get rain here. Well, that's rain. what I heard. Yeah, y'all need that. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about weather here. Hey, so. y'all be able to wash y'all's cars now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, yeah. It's, I had to, like, pull out clothes I haven't worn in a while because it's, like, it never rains. But here we are. Yeah, I, I heard that this morning. I, it's so weird that I heard that this morning and we're talking to you. I didn't know that you was out in California. <laughs> but Oh, that that's right. Like, no, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm here. Well, because I work in film. And so I'm, oh, yeah. I'm in the film industry out here. So do you just direct film? 
Or do you, you you're right? No. I, well, here's the thing. So I've been working in film for um a decade. I just hit my decade in September oh, last wow. year. Oh, yeah. And I started as a script supervisor. So, you know, for people who don't know, script supervising is I'm the person that tracks continuity. So I sit next to the director. I I talk to every department. So I I track hair, wardrobes, props, set, actor continuity, the continuity of the script, the continuity of the scene. Um, and I do that for every shot, for every take, for the entirety yeah. of the movie. It's called script revising. So we, but we also log all the information, and that information gets sent to the editor, and they sort of use that information to kind of piece back the movie. Oh yeah, because it's never shot in the same order, right? Yeah. So if you're gonna shoot like in a hotel room, you shoot all those scenes in the hotel room because you're there. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, I got you. So my job is after they get established in a wardrobe, I have to make sure that if that particular scene falls in that script day that they have to look at the same. Right. So, yeah, so it's, it's like, it's like, it's, I'm like the onset liaison for post-production in a sense. And I started doing that because I wanted to be a script writer and I never went to college for writing. I just um, had a full-time job and and I was not really happy there. And I learned about script supervising. So my goal was to just do it for a couple of years, but I've been apparently having fun because I've done it for about 10 years. I've done about 200 movies. I mean, damn. all I do is I spend like 85% of my life on set. Yeah, that's damn 200 <laughs> movies. You want to drop some, uh, can you drop some names of them films? Um, well, as a script, I mean, they're mostly independent films, but I've done, I oh. mean, dude, I've done so many. Independent uh, horror films is what, you know, is the whole I thing did with one, us. I just did one called Escape Room with Peter Dukes. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you haven't seen it come out yet. It hasn't been distributed, yet, but I did that one we got as a, a scripture visor. Yeah, we got a couple, Go uh, I guess, film distributors that send us movies to review. Oh, oh nice. Well, maybe you'll get one of those. It's called Escape Room. It's actually a really good script. I enjoyed it. Oh, hell yeah. So, okay, so you're doing that, and then... Yeah. So and then now you're jumping in into of, short film, like directing short films. Is that where? Well, the other stuff that's missing is um, <clears throat> I also had started a horror film festival about six years ago in Big Bear, California. Damn. And so that's how I met people like like Felissa Rose um, was one of our judges. That's how I met Victor Miller because we did a um, a thirty year reunion of Friday the Thirteenth, and no one ever wants to talk to the writer. They always want to talk to the director or the actors. And he was available, and he, he lived in the Bay Area, and he came down, and <clears throat> we had Harry Manfredini that at the same time, and they hadn't seen each other in 30 years. So this is the first time that either one of them had seen each other in 30 years, and so all they did was just pretty much most of the time just sit outside, smoke cigars, and catch up. It was actually kind of amazing to see that, because here's these two like legends in horror, and they're just sitting there. I, it was just fascinating, the stories that they... But it is true though, like you said, people don't want to talk to the writer for some reason, which I wouldn't want I know, to talk to some so of the writers because just because. Project yeah, I mean, the they know the in depth look of the story, so. Um, yeah, and but, like why things are the way they were. So yeah. that happened. And then um, I started seeing a lot of the movies that were coming in and that we were playing, and I was also working on set. And I was like, man, I've always wanted to write, and I hadn't really thought about directing, but. What's great about scripturizing is it's sort of a natural progression into directing yeah. because the whole technical aspect of it. So I, I said, let me just see if I could do this. And I had written acts and I had tried to film it a few years ago and I didn't know what I was doing. 
But I, my friend and I just he goes, dude, let's just let's just shoot. You have a great script here. It's a lot of fun. It'll be really easy to shoot because it's <clears throat> mostly one guy except for his wife. And we shot it, and it actually turned out so much better than I was expecting, and I had such a great time. And so I actually, the second film I did was not a horror; it was a drama, because I wanted to show people that I could tell a good story. Yeah. So the second film I did was based on a, like a, a class assignment I did, and it's called The Purpose of Apples, and it's just basically two people sitting at a bus stop. That's what it was like their story about where they were in that moment. It was an older woman who had just lost her husband, and it was a young guy who just broke up with his girlfriend. So it was just like yeah. this conversation that they had. See, I've seen that on the YouTube, but I didn't click on that one because I was looking for the horror ones. For the horror ones. I know, and that's okay. <laughs> I was, I was, was like, that looks pretty interesting. First. I hope it's a horror one. Jim, Jim Jam over here was like, no, that's not it. I was like, damn, somebody no, got killed from it's... the back on that one? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did, and then I did, um, and then a friend of mine saw Axe, and he loved it. And he's like, dude, I love Axe. That's a great story. I like the way you, you shoot and all that stuff. And he goes, I have this script called The Wrong Profile. And he's like, I'd love to just have you come on board and shoot it and sort of bring the, the same vibe you did with Axe. And I was like, okay. I even used the same director of photography. We, had, we held a casting. We got um, really good actors. <clears throat> so that's probably why people think it's a lot like Axe. Also, the other thing is, is when we were in post-production, the producer was just like, there's got to be a moment where we're thinking about this girl that this, you know, this guy finds out that the killer is about to go after his girlfriend and we never cast a woman at all because i didn't even know we needed that you know yeah that was originally the script he just had a nice beat and we had a deadline to submit it and i was like where the hell am i going to find an actress and he goes ah can we just use one of your shots from axe and i was like oh sure okay yeah so i just used it real quick because i um marita is a friend of mine and i said look um, I'll give you a different character name. It'll be a nice credit on your IMDb. You don't even have to do anything. You just already shot it. So that's why a lot of people think they're together. And you know what? It's really kind of cool is that um, I kind of like that people think that because it's kind of like it gives a little mystery to like the story. Well, it could be together. Mind. I mean, who's to say that you didn't write one thing and he wrote the other? And you know how they yeah. do them film the films, you know, where – one person writes the one part, and then the other person writes the other, mm-hmm. and they don't collab. Like they yeah. have no clue. It's just like this is what it's going to be. You do yep. you, and I'll do me. <laughs> what was that? I, what was I, that movie? I, uh, damn, they were in a hotel. It's like twelve rooms or three rooms. Or... Oh, it was no. I, it was the one with John Cusack. Yeah, was Eight? it? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Where there was three or four different stories all separately written. Oh, and, man, I don't... Oh, my God, I wish I could remember what that movie was called. Because... Well, what happens is once we get off the off the, the, the recording, you're like, ah, I know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Damn it. I wish I could remember it because that was a good film. It was fucking crazy because it all happened in a hotel room at night or a hotel. And, oh, man, that, if I can remember, that's a movie everybody should watch, actually. Yeah, let me know because I, I, I may have to watch it. So... <laughs> So, there's, so then I've also done, I did a short film called The Pains of the Past. Uh, it's not out yet. It's probably going to hit the festival circuit soon. And that deals with um, domestic violence and rape. And then I did another movie that's hitting the festival circuit called The Deal. And that's a story about a guy who's been kidnapped 
um, and is being tortured because they think he's a spy. Uh, so, and then the ending. So those are those are the ones that I've done, <clears throat> and I've also done a few other things. Um, but I wanted to show people that I could um, direct because I had I was writing features, and I wanted to start doing features. And so I've been going. I was going into um, kind of pre-production on a few features, and so I was using these shorts as a like, hey, look, I know how to tell a story. Uh, I can do horror, drama, whatever. Because um, I never intended to be a horror writer. It was just when I started the festival, I was surrounded by so many horror filmmakers. And I love the genre. Yeah. So it was just sort of like a, that seemed a sort of natural progression. But I also, years ago, had written a play. And it was a story about a, a Latina woman whose husband has just died. And she was trying to figure out where to go with her life. And she was alone now. So... It was based on a play that I wrote, and so I turned that into a movie, and that's not horror at all. So I, I do a little bit of everything. It's just, I love horror. And horror is great. And who doesn't, you know, who doesn't like horror? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, what's, like, so you got your hat, I guess you could say, in many things, but, uh, well, I do, well, I, I suppose I, mean, I do, well, yeah, as far I as am... the, the different, like, like, you're getting out there to more than just horror, like, you're branching out, and. But do you always just come back to the horror aspect of it, or like? What's well, really interesting is most people think of me as a horror filmmaker with with all the number of films that I've done and have written, but it's because I love suspense so much and I love yeah st- story and I and I just like and I watch like I said I know so many horror filmmakers I I like every screening I go to is a horror film uh, they're easier to make so a lot of people do them especially when they're starting out. Um, and because I started a horror film festival, I watched nothing but horror. What's that? Fi- so, what's the horror film festival called? We're not doing it anymore. Um, oh. There was we had some issues in this. No, the, the Big Bear right now has no film festivals. The, neither one of them are running, sadly. But it was the Big Bear Horror Film Festival. Well, it would be nice maybe, to launch again someday. Hopefully, you'll get be able to because I, I wish we had horror film festivals around here. To be honest, in Tennessee. Is there, I think there, I feel like there is one because I actually, um, in October of last year, submitted. I wrote a script for a short film called The Beauty of Death, and it actually won the Horror in the Hills Film Festival, which is in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yeah, well, that's like five hours from here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, it, but it was in Tennessee. I mean, and sadly, yeah. they unfortunately had that fire. Yeah, that um, that is a that was. Yeah. That was a. But I was ex- pretty bad about that because. And I haven't made that into a movie yet, but it is a script. There I have is called a, the Beauty of Death. There is one in Chattanooga, or there was last year, right? Or there, Knoxville. Was it, I the Knoxville there, Horror Film Festival. Was there one in Chattanooga last year, like just a screening? Of, I don't remember. I know the one. <clears throat> we started. See, we got our start about a year and a half ago. I mean, really, okay. honestly, like with Tennessee Horror News, like which Jim Jam, you know, he started a, a, a four year, year. Four years ago four years ago and then I come in like a year and a half ago I was like let's do a podcast <laughs> well I think that's great because I feel, I don't think there's um yeah there's not enough down that way yeah you know and that's what we that's what we've heard like you know you need to the, the southern I don't I don't think there's that many <clears throat> that actually do interviews with people like there's probably quite a few but not in Tennessee I know we got quite a few around here podcasts like but... a lot of people just talk about movies and we're like trying to get independent filmmakers 
Like, because the majority, yeah, we talk to actors. You know, of course, it'd be nice to talk to more. Mm-hmm. But, but also, you have to continue to talk to the independent horror filmmakers, and the short filmmakers, because that's what the future is, in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not the biggest horror fan. You know, like I'm not the super duper horror guy. Okay. Yeah, Jim Jam is. And I come in, and, you know, like I started out, I was like, you know, I like horror. I'm not that big into it, but, you know, I'd love to do a podcast. I'd love to get, you know, stuff out. But the more and more I got into it, you know, it's just like, well, damn, I've seen a lot more horror films than I thought I had. And I enjoy you know, this a lot more like, than I thought I did. That's like me when I did the um, festival, because I was yeah. like, I don't know much about horror. My cousin, on the other hand, was like a huge horror, horror nut. And when I... um when I did the festival, I would call him and be like, dude, I don't, what the hell is this? And he goes, oh. But what was really interesting is, on a side note, I was actually, and this is a funny story, I am friends with Kerry O'Quinn. He started Fangoria Magazine. Oh, wow. But I didn't know him as starting Fangoria Magazine. I was friends with him through another friend, and we would have, I would go to um, parties at his house all the time because I knew his son. Yeah. And so we were friends on, like, a, um, uh, like on an acquaintance basis and I knew of him and I'd seen him around and I remember when I was doing the film festival my friend looks at me she goes you know it'd be really great she's like you should get Fangoria Magazine involved I was like yeah that'd be amazing if I knew anybody with that. And, was, and she goes uh Carrie and I was like ain't that a bitch so I, and then Carrie and at that time Carrie um was he had been really sick and was getting better wanted to get back out again and so he's like I'd love to help you with your festival and of course he started Fangoria Magazine, so who wouldn't want him involved, right? Yeah, he yeah. Was, and then, and the, the the just plethora of people he knew within the whole horrors on were so amazing, and I people I wouldn't even thought about asking because like I wasn't that familiar. So it was just the most fast. That was overwhelming for me. I was like, oh my god, so it's like small that world. Like, it really is, and I mean, first yeah, of all, the film yeah. community is really small, but the horror film community is even smaller. Yeah, and everybody's super nice. It seems. Yeah, and it gets a really bad rep because, in fact, I remember because we did the um, our second was it our second year, our second year of the festival. I had I had got introduced to a gentleman who who ran a, a film class out of the local high school. Um, so Big Bear is actually a mountain city. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you it takes like from LA, it takes it like forty five minutes to get to the mountain, and then it's like another forty five minutes up it. Right. Okay. So it's deep, deep deep up in the mountains and on the other side of the mountain there was this high school and I got introduced to the guy because he had said that he was teaching film to his students and some of them had done monster movies and I said okay send me those films because we are a horror film festival yeah and then we set aside our first block of movies on Saturday we did with the kids because we knew it would be a great way it was a very nice place that we had it um like I said, Carrie O'Quinn was there. We had um, Chris Coppola, which is um, Nicolas Cage's brother. He does horror films, so he was there. <clears throat> we had Jeffrey Reddick, who wrote um, the original Final Destination. Oh. And I said, look, if you bring these kids and their parents, this will be the, you know, they can actually screen their movies in front of an audience, which they probably won't usually get. I said, and then <clears throat> we'll take the kids into a room, and these three adults can talk to them about filmmaking. Right, so these kids could have a sort of one-on-one experience to talk to them and what it was like, and, and I yeah. knew no one would give them that. And, to, and 
I said, if we had to preserve, like what you guys are doing, if we had to preserve filmmaking, something like that's very important. Yeah. But I remember, because we were at a horror film festival, that we got a nasty phone call from this woman one time, because Big Bear is fairly religious, and people yeah. connotate <laughs> horror, because, and she, she just ripped me a new one on my voicemail, talking about how this is a Christian community, why would I think about doing that, and blah, 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 blah. So I called her back, and I said, and I left a voicemail, and I said, yes, I understand your concern, I'm aware of, like, what horror you know is perceived that i said but i don't are you familiar with the festival i said are you aware that we had these students come in and that we had them talk to actual professionals and that we let them have an audience and that most festivals don't even do that and that i really am trying to preserve you know the future and i says it's great that you took the time to call and yell at me but you should probably do your research right yeah never call me back but it was interesting just just because we're a horror film festival i i was evil and you know i was so that's it's a perception but i well, I think it won't matter who you talk to. You could have the most PG horror fa- or, or film, and somebody would complain that it. Well, it's still horror. Yeah, and that's. <laughs> and what can you do? But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty badass though that you brought the students in and sh- showed their films to people, and because I mean that that gives the opportunity. And then, I'm going to tell you, I wish I had had it when I was a kid because I didn't even start my film career till I was 30. I walked off my job when I was around 30. Damn. And most kids that I, I mean, I'm on set. I'm usually one of the young, one of the older people, and all these kids come fresh out of like they from college. They go right into film school and they come right on set. And of course, by that time, I'd already had film as my second career. I had a whole career right before it. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, oh, you guys are in for like a big surprise. Like, you know. But yeah, so I wish I had that opportunity because I would love to have had an. So I wish I would, you know, I would have stayed a decade on my career. And I, it's funny because I turned forty-two next week, and it's just like, I'm trying to, t- I'm trying to change my career again, getting into like, writing and directing more. Not that's okay because I'm behind the camera, and I can sit and write from my desk. But yeah, I, stuff like that was important, and I still do. I like I host a networking event once a month here for filmmakers in LA just because I. People need to meet people, and it's really what it's about, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. That's how. That's why I like what we do, and even coming up, we have a, a festival, you know, or con coming up, and it's like just getting the word out for indie horror filmmakers and short filmmakers. Is it con and, that you guys are doing through your podcast? Well, no, no, we're we've been invited. Oh. To do to to do a couple of panels. Three. Three panels? Yeah, three. Oh wow, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's the first year we ever done anything, so yeah. But it'll be fun because you'll meet more filmmakers that could be on your show, and you can help promote and promote each other. And... Well, maybe, hopefully. Fingers <laughs> <laughs> crossed. Yeah, I mean, as you long know, as all our panelists show up, and we got like the short filmmakers from Tennessee. Yeah, and like it's That's... like this is in your backyard, people. This is who you need to be looking for, and you know. Just, yeah. you know, trying to get stuff out. You know you know how it goes. Well, and that's true. It's like, I, I, I am lucky in the sense that, I mean, I live in L.A. Yeah. And I work in film, but I still have to work just as hard because I have to compete with 800 other people that are here. Yeah. You know, exactly. and they have to compete just as hard because, and they're not here, you know, where they have like, it's probably hard for them to make that one feature that they have to shop around. I So I understand that I'm lucky in that sense. That's another reason why I try to help other people because they're not as lucky but we're we're 
in a good space right now because <clears throat> we do have people like you. We also have like a digital medium. So between YouTube and Vimeo yeah. and podcasts and things like that, it's so much easier to get movies out. Yeah, which that's, is nice. I think that's what the good good thing is. It ain't passed around on VHS anymore. Yeah, and it's so easy to submit <laughs> movies now through Film Freeway and without a box because you can just send them digitally. Which yeah. Which before you'd have to Hell spend, yeah. you know, $40 to enter it and another $20 to send it. It was just like, it was yeah. very costly. It's like, here, check out this and, you know, put it up on Vimeo and just... Send the link to everybody. Yeah, send the link and you watch it and give a review or do whatever. It's like, hell yeah. Yeah. Way easier. Yeah, it really is. And I, and I when I hit up, like, people like you are like, please just review my movie, I can send it to them and it's great and I can use that press to promote the movie and vice versa. So it's kind of a win-win because they're promoting my movie in which turn I'm promoting them for promoting the movie. So... I guess that's how I look at it. Speaking of movies, so, like, on Axe, I just want to know a few things about it. Okay, lay it on me. Go ahead. So, now, is it's perceived that the Axe is talking to him. Or sort of. I mean, yeah. But he's got an evil in him. To me, though, that, that, was, that film was more artsy with the... I don't know. Yeah. I can't. Just the way that it was spoken out. And, okay. And you know what I mean? Like, the, I guess narrated. Yeah, narrated. Yeah, because I did everything in the voiceover, yes. And it, it's just like, it seemed a little bit more artsy. I don't know if Yeah, that's... I've been told that before. It was also my first film. Yeah, but, but I mean, was it a bad thing? No. But I was just like, <laughs> I could, you could see, like, it's like, okay. I, I could see where you're just going with the artsy, the art you know, part of it, I guess. And But was he, was dude fucking crazy? <laughs> so here's, so here's the thing. I, I didn't actually mean to make an artsy film. I just wanted to make something different than what I'd been seeing. Yeah. Right. And so, and what's, what's interesting about the story is in a lot of my scripts are like this. They're, they're very, they're not unilateral. Like I move a lot through a specific timeline. I don't know why, I guess, cause that's how I think. Yeah. Right. And I knew I wanted to write a story about a man who just killed his wife, but I didn't want to focus on the death. That's why it kind okay. of flashed to white. And also because I couldn't really afford it. But I really wanted it to be more about his descent into madness. So it was why I made it more of a voiceover thing, because I wanted to be able to use the man who you could tell was intelligent. But yeah. something happened. Right. So that was what I was exploring. And, I, and the movie's only nine minutes. Yeah. Well, that, well then, that's what I was saying there. I was like, dude's fucking crazy. <laughs> well, and that's the thing so I the story I wish I I mean Axe in itself had went through so many different variations before we be, even shot that <clears throat> and there was going to be I was originally going to make it a series where the Axe was talking to people and it would be about how it would show up to other people's places and it was sort of like that so it became its own entity but when I went to shoot this particular version of Axe <clears throat> I I wanted the axe to kind of talk to him because he's clearly unstable. Yeah. So he, it, to him, the axe feels like it's a thing. And that's what I wanted to explore. It was like, in his mind, his justification is like, well, the axe made me do it. Like, why yeah, would I ever that, that's what, kill this fool? Yeah. That's, so, okay. Is that you're going to ask? No, no, well, that's, so, that's what I was getting from. Like, he yeah. was just crazy. Like, because. Well, the, yeah. The and axe. I actually wrote a feature version of, of axe, and I actually explored that more. Yeah, because that's what I was getting. I was like, this dude's fucking crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, like, 
the axe is sitting there. He's thinking the axe is talking. Well, the axe made me do it. Like you said, like, come on. Yeah. You already but had no, that inside crazy. you. Which, uh, granted, the the location of it, though, out in the middle of the woods, it could have been isolation. You, like, you know, yeah, and you know what's so funny like is that location is only like 20 minutes from my house in the mountains. It's really, really close. It's not that far at all. Yeah, but but you get the perception of, well, you know, they're out in the middle of the woods, isolation, he's out yeah. there, you know, he's, he's done gone crazy. I mean, you know. But well, here, here's, I guess that's the whole thing about short films though and all this though is you could you could grasp you could get whatever you want to out of them if you didn't know and that's kind of what i wanted well another reason why he was blaming the axe was it's one of the other things i was trying to explore in a short amount of time was is if he didn't have the axe would he have done it right uh, yeah. probably or probably not but that's the thing is like yeah it's like and the axe in itself became its own entity because in his hands it felt it was heavy so it felt real Right, it was so easy because it was right there, and who knows what led the events to that? All we know is in that moment, that's where he was at. Yeah, that's why I wanted to explore. Yeah, I mean that's that was important to me. I pretty much, I enjoyed it, and then with the wrong the wrong profile, I really liked that one. Yeah, I am. Um, I didn't write that one. I, um, it was written by a friend of mine, Kenny Kurtcan. But yeah, uh, I did direct it, and we when we're doing the interview process so the guy that plays um the older gentleman is paul stroyley i think yes paul stroyley and he was amazing he's an older seasoned actor and he he just was like he knew all those lines and the stuff he was helping with bring to the role was he was amazing i would totally work with him again in a second the younger gentleman kyler um was fairly new at the time he did this and when he came into the audition uh, I knew. I knew right after his audition. I turned to Kenny and I said, "That's our guy," and he was probably the third person we auditioned. Damn. Right after, and he goes, "How do you know?" I said, "I just know." He's got an innocence about him which I liked, which felt right for the character because you had this sort of young rookie cop. Yeah. And I knew that he would do really well up against Paul, which when we got Paul, I knew that. <clears throat> and so I liked that. So that was where I was going with. And so we we auditioned a lot of other people. We went back and watched the videotapes again, and Kenny's like, yeah, this guy's great. And he was unbelievably professional. He knew all of his lines. And I'm not even joking because it took us so long to shoot that movie. We shot it in one day, like a 15-hour day. And all the scenes, we did all the stuff post him leaving the car, the death stuff, because it yeah. took the longest. So all the stuff leading up to it, we did in two takes, and they were 12 minutes long. We did one angle one way. And one angle another way. And that guy knew all of his lines. Damn. I just have to sit there. Yeah. Kyler was a professional. I would totally work with him again. He actually moved to Louisiana. That He lived... Uh, he's in a, a New Orleans. I think. Yeah, New Orleans. That's where he lives now. Uh, so he's been hitting up the... um, Like he was on an episode of Scream Queen. So he's been hit the, um, the circuit down there. So he's more towards you guys. Yeah. And yeah. he's great. Damn. And then you don't... I don't know if you, if you caught this... The guy that plays the bad guy, you never see his face on the walkie. Uh-uh. That's the same guy from Axe. You could just see barely see him. So no. yeah, we did that on purpose because it was originally written that you were only supposed to hear him. And then my director of photography is like, let's just shoot him from behind, kind of see his lips. Yeah, he, he thought of the orange, and it was that was great because it brought a different element. It was also helped us cut between the two scenes a lot better. 
Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's the same guy from Axe, so he can actually act. <laughs> he doesn't ever talk in acts. He does everything in voiceover. <laughs> That's funny. No, and he's he's brilliant. He he uh, studied at Playhouse West, the same theater company that James Franco was in. Todd's really good. He's actually doing a lot now these days too. I'm really proud of him. So, so there you go. And that was a fun one to shoot. It was tough because that was actually the first time I directed anything I hadn't written. Up until then, I'd done two movies I wrote. Old. So it was a lot more fun because I had interpreted else somebody's words, and because he was a producer, he also would provide input, which was strange because I had never had that. I was spoiled yeah. doing my own first movies. So that I yeah. think so. The wrong profile is great for me because that's really when I started to grow as a director because I had to because you know I was using somebody else's words, and I'd have to interpret them. And sometimes he'd be like, "I don't know, nah, that's not where I was going with that." So let's talk about this and. But, but that could that could be where like he he might need to learn too, because you know well, it was a learning it was a learning experience for all of us. Yeah, because like when somebody time. writes and somebody directs, it's like, well, yeah, but this is where I'm taking it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you hired me a job, let me do it. Yeah, actually, um, it was really funny because we got into a, a conversation about the 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 ending song. Oh, I like that ending song. Isn't it? It's called American Psycho. Yeah. Did he not like it, or did you not like it? Well, I, it was really funny. We were looking for a song, and he had an idea. He wanted something a little more moody, you know, and to, like, leave the audience with the, like, holy shit, and, like, he runs off to go find out what happened to his girlfriend. <clears throat> and we were left with, like, this sort of mood thing. And we were looking and looking and looking, and I reached out to a friend of mine, and she reached out to these people, this band. At the time they recorded the song, they were called Will Powerless, but now their, their name of their band is called Everlit. They... Or a rock band, I want to say in Pennsylvania. They're probably going to get mad at me for that, I don't know. But they're somewhere in that sort of area over there. And they messaged me on Facebook, and I said, look, I this is my project. I have a short film. It's just going to be online. I'm just getting myself out as a director. Someone recommended your music. And he goes, well, we have this song called um, American Psycho. And I was like, okay. And I wasn't into rock much because I didn't think – the ending needed to be a rock song and i'm not even joking five seconds into that song i was like done this is the song I, I, it's just the way oh, it started off it was and then um i played it to my my roommate who was editing the movie and he goes dude this song is amazing i was like i know it's perfect this movie's got to end with this song and so i sent it to the producer he's like i don't know it's so fast paced and i said okay take the song that you like which i did not like <laughs> take this song which i love Turn down the credits and just watch it and yeah. see, see what you think. And to, at least with. And he calls me 10 minutes later and goes, Holy shit, your song is amazing. Yeah, that's what I was like. I yeah. think uh, when you called, no, no, not when you called, but yeah, actually when or Jim, Jim Jane called you or whatever, I was I still listening to the credits. <laughs> and I was like, Dude, I love this song. This song's a really good song. Do you like this? <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, and it's actually you can find their video. <laughs> yeah, it's called American Psycho. You can find their video online. I promote it when I promote the movie. They're oh, yeah. actually really, really nice. I talk to those guys all the time. They're doing really good. Good, good for them because that was a good song. Uh, I was like, damn, dude, I like this song. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, actually... but with music, I'm into like rock, heavy, heavy, heavy metal. But then I like you know hip hop and rap, so old school. Well, I mean, and that's good that you can like all kinds of music. And and music speaks to like 
the mood. And I'm telling you, when I heard that song, I like it because it starts off kind of slow with the piano. Yeah. It's haunting. That's what I liked. And then all of a sudden, it it gets really fast into the rock part, and he's singing. But because the way the song was designed, it worked so perfectly in the way we said the movie. So that sort of like slow part plays over like the um, the quo and it leads into like, and as soon as the credits roll, that thing, it's just, it was so perfect. I don't know how, I, I was so blessed to find that song. I'm not even joking. It like, fell on my lap and I used it. And so... I still talk to the band because I promote them all the time because I think this, I had the same luck um, with my with my other film, The Purpose of Apples, where my room, my roommate, who was also editing The Purpose of Apples, knew this sort of indie artist, and he had this sort of like beautiful melancholy song that opens that movie. Um, and the guy's like, "Yeah, you can just use it as long as I promote it online. Yeah. Only I, I can use these songs, but I can promote. And it's they're so great that that our artists let us cross over and help each other out like that. Oh yeah. So, and now hopefully soon I'll be doing some features. I'm going in pre-production on a couple of things, so. Hopefully the next time I'm on your show, I can talk about one of my features. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm gonna turn acts into a feature. So, you guys are gonna love that. I know you are. It's a really good script. Um, also, I have a friend who wrote a um. It's the it's a movie called Hamachi. It's like a Native American zombie film movie. So it's got some. <laughs> that'd be um, interesting. Yeah, there's and there's nothing like it. And it's based on an old curse. Oh yeah, I'm okay. really excited about that one. So we're we're um, been talking a lot about that one. I mean, I also am doing like my Latin drama, but this is horror. We gotta talk about horror. So those are my two big ones I got going on. Well, hopefully, when you when whenever you know you get done with it and you're able to talk about them more and hit up Jim Jam and we'll have you back. Oh, on I will. And you know, shit. Let us see a feature of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. I'll let you guys uh, review it and everything and talk about yeah. it. It'll be great. I'd love that. Hell yeah. I, I'm sure we'll definitely keep in touch. I mean, I, I keep busy. I'm always trying to just keep being on set and working and writing and want to direct. I don't ever want to stop. I'm having way too much fun, and I'm blessed to be able to still do it. Well, hell yeah. As long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what we do. <clears throat> well, just think, I was at the age of 30 terrified to walk off my job because I didn't ever think I'd be able to do this. I wish I could walk off my job and do this. <laughs> it's I, I don't I just, I just tell those people and be like you should walk off your job. It really is. Shit, I didn't no have a, I didn't have anything planned. And just for the record, um, about two and a half years in, when I left my job, two and a half years in, we hit the rider strike, and then all of the country went into recession. Oh, so actually, yeah. I had terrible timing. I remember having to sit on my friend's couch for a while just because there was no work. So it was very very tough. But I'm grateful because. I could have. I could still be at my full time job. I didn't like. Yeah. I'd be miserable. Exactly. So at least if I had starved to death, I would have done doing what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't that's so, the truth. And I actually am from Southern California, so I only moved like forty five minutes away. Like I actually admire people who move from Tennessee and other places because they're like it's not like they can just go back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly. I, I'm so talkative. I'm sorry. I, you know, no, you that's guys, okay. That's feel. okay. But okay. Michael, uh, hey, we we do have to cut it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. thanks for the thanks. But man, hey, this is a great interview. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on and talking about this. Uh, and like, we, like we I said, look forward to the future. Yes. Oh well, you guys are great. Um, and if you if you don't get a chance to hear from me, I always try to put the most 
latest and greatest things on my website, bearclawfilms.com. There's a little news section right there. Okay. And I started doing this fun question of the day for filmmakers just to sort of generate dialogue between people. So go back and check and answer some questions and let's see if we can't, you know, get all these filmmakers together and start making awesome things. Oh, yeah. And anything else like Twitter, Facebook you want to throw out there? Yeah, I mean, if, <clears throat> everything's under my I, – I have my own, like, personal YouTube page, but I put everything – under Bear Claw Films because that's sort of like my brand. Right. So there's um, Bear Claw Films is Twitter. <clears throat> it's got an Instagram. I mean, it, if you just go to the Bear Claw Films website, there all the links are there. Oh, so, hell yeah! And you can watch Apple. Yeah, BearClawFilms.com, and you can watch Axe in the Wrong Profile, and even my non-horror if you want to, all on YouTube and Vimeo actually. Hell yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds good. Well, we'll put all the links in the description. So yeah. Oh, sure. you guys are great. I really appreciate it. You guys are fun to talk to, and I wish you all the best um, success on this. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy your show. Hey, th we appreciate it, man. We appreciate it. We're trying hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep it going. Keep in touch, and uh, if you, if I ever find anybody that you guys would love to interview, I'll see if I can't push them your way. Exactly. Hey, we appreciate it. Yeah, I'm blessed to be around actors and filmmakers yeah. pretty much daily, and they're all looking for a, a venue just to say hi and you know talk about their stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'd more than appreciate it. Hell my yeah. pleasure you guys have a great day okay a right. oh, great evening i guess yeah <laughs> Thank i you, appreciate Mark. it have a good one <laughs> my pleasure take care thank you bye bye well all right guys so michael coulomb right there uh short film director been doing it for years just another individual brought to you from tennessee war news that you probably never heard of hell yeah because that's what we're trying to do here Yep. And who else is doing that shit? No one. No one. Nope. And if there are, tell me who they are. Can you? Comment below in, on YouTube. If you watch this shit on YouTube, comment and tell me who else is doing this. Yeah. Who, who else? Where did you hear <clears throat> Michael Cologne for, from before? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You heard him from us, though. Exactly. So, and... He's got some good shorts, and he's working on a bunch of other stuff. And this is what it's all about, indie horror films. Right? Mm. I mean, right? Yep. But, uh, we hope you enjoyed this. And, oh, yeah. We hope you had a happy Valentine's Day. So, this is going to be on after. Right? Right, Jim? Yeah. We hope you had some good times. Oh, yeah.